listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everyone for jumping on the line with us today. We are uh, uh, excited to uh, have a returning guest back who has been extremely popular in front with our podcast community. He's always a, a fun guy to talk to, and you learn a whole lot. And so uh, um, that is uh, uh, what we're looking forward to today. We've got Chris Hogue, Captain Chris Hogue, um, who is with Big King Salmon Charters out of the Seattle area in Washington to talk about salmon fishing. So, hey, Chris, how are you, man? Fantastic. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, looking forward to a great new year. How's everybody doing? Well, and, and you're, and you're in, in, uh, in, in a christmas spot right now, being in Las Vegas. A, a lucky guy. You've missed the ice storm <laughs> and the windstorm and everything else. And so you planned that just about right, Chris. Well, we're just hoping to get back <laughs> with everything that's been going on. I yeah. checked uh, checked online about an hour ago, and everything is good to go, but, but you never know. So yeah. keep our fingers crossed that the bird can fly. There, there you go. Well, what is it? Southwest has canceled 5,000 flights in the last two days. I mean, holy moly, what a mess that's going to be for a while. But uh, uh, too, late, too late to short that stock, my friends. That, uh, <laughs> that train has left the station. But, um, yeah, they've, they've been canceling 60 to 80% of their flights uh, for the past few days. I don't, I don't know if they're going to recover. And to be honest with you, I don't think they should recover. That's, uh, that's, that's, not, a good, that's not a good horse to put your money on. But, but uh uh, so far, so good. Hopefully, everything's going to be all right when we get back home. Well, well, cool. Well, 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 welcome back home when you get there tomorrow. So, anyway, hey, we're going to talk a little about the 2002 salmon season up around where you were, and and uh, if you can kind of give us a recap of how that season went. Well, sure. We uh, let me see. We had uh, we start off our summer season in June with our resident coho. Uh huh. And. Depending on the year, it generally starts up around the 1st of all of June. This uh-huh. year and last year started around mid-June. Uh, and it started off a little slow. Uh, these guys were a little tough to find. Right. Might have been an issue with, uh, with uh, you know, could have been could have been the weather, could have been the feed, where the, where the shrimp and krill are at. And then they, then they uh, progressed into herring. But... Once it started going, it started going for us around around towards that third week in, in June, and then it started to pick up uh, pretty good. But they were a little tough to catch at the first there. We, we didn't find good numbers of them, but they did turn on uh, eventually towards the, towards the third quarter of June. Right. Um, and then that moseyed right on into um, – to our Chinook season. Right. Which, hey, hey, let, um, let, let me ask you real quick, just because I wanted a clarification on it, um, just because your part of the world talks about uh, resonant fish. And so what is, a, what is a resonant coho to you? Okay, so a resonant coho, we call them resis or resonant, and they hatch into the sound. Oh, and okay. a percentage of them, a good percentage of them never leave Puget Sound. Oh, they really? stay in Puget Sound for their entire life. Oh, really? Some of them, yeah, you'll have to look this up. Some of them, they, some of them 
uh, will leave Puget Sound, obviously, mm-hmm. and then they go out in the ocean, they do their thing, and then they come back as ocean coho in September uh, at the end of their cycle. Oh, and there's okay. a big ocean run fish. Now, not, now, the ocean run fish, not all of them originated as resis. Some of them are coming down from Alaska. Some of them are coming from wherever they're coming from. And I'm not a biologist, so I don't know this. Right. But residents, we call them resis, they never leave Puget Sound. They live their life in Puget Sound. That's interesting. The same applies okay. to, to a certain percentage of what we call winter blackmouth. Mm-hmm. Some of the winter blackmouth, the Chinooks, they live their whole life in Puget Sound. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... There are there are Chinooks. You can catch a king anytime in Puget Sound. You just can't keep it. Oh, really? Okay. So they're they're out all they're there all the time. Uh-huh. And I think that I think that a, a percentage of these originated as, as like the hatchery program, mm-hmm. and then they just evolved into a place you know where they just they're just they're just here all the time now. Interesting. So so Chris, you know the 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 resident. Uh, uh, coho are about the middle of June, and so what? What is usually the situation, or what was the situation in 2022 when you could start uh, uh, fishing for kings in the summer? Well, generally, our kings season starts about July the 16th. So, where we're located here in Edmonds in the Seattle area, uh, there's two major marine fishing areas. Uh, one is uh, Possession Point, Southeast Woodby Island, which is Area 9. Mm-hmm. And then from Edmonds South down to Seattle, including Seattle until you get to the, the uh, South Seattle, Skoma area, Area 10. So each one of those areas has their own particular catch quota for Chinook. Okay. So generally our, our, our Chinook season starts up around July the 16th. And... Um, we will fish for them in either area. Uh, area nine, which is the South of the Island area, uh, has a smaller quota and mm-hmm. has a, uh, a much higher participation rate, uh, guys that go out fishing for them. So generally that area eats up their quota pretty quick in about a week or so. Wow. Uh, in okay. area 10, which is Edmond South down to Seattle, uh, our area generally lasts through the end of August, depending on the year. So, okay. but we've got coho available in uh, Edmonds, south of Seattle, through that entire area. So generally, what we'll do is we'll be running a line or two down, you know, for 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 Chinook and running, you know, some shallower line uh, up for coho. So we're targeting both both species now. Uh, generally, Chinook. Uh, are a, are, are a difficult species to catch. Uh, a good day for Chinook is, you know, one, two, maybe none. Right. Um, but this year was unexpected. This last year uh, was one of the best seasons that I've had since I was a kid. Really? For Kings. It was, really? it was, don't know why it was phenomenal. Uh, I, I could count the trips on a few fingers that we didn't get Chinook this year. And there was quite a few days where we limited the boat on Chinook. Now, that's not saying that it's going to happen this next year right. or in the future. But this year was a phenomenal year for Chinook. It probably was a, a whole bunch of factors involved. Great ocean conditions. Uh, 
uh, in Puget Sound and in the ocean, a lot mm-hmm. of feet in the water, which we were marking bait and herring schools like we haven't seen in in a long time, and just probably a perfect storm that it, that evolved in a, a great season for Schmidt this year. Hopefully, it'll it'll keep going in the next couple seasons, but this year was fantastic. That's great. How, what was the average size king that you were catching this year? You know, I, I generally generally don't. You know, I'm not like a, a big like weight guy and everything, yeah. but um, a lot of them. You know, uh, I would say. Eight to twelve pounds generally was was that ballpark. They're they're all about in that size generally when they're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard of some guys that, that have got you know one or two in the teens, and we got one that actually actually we got a couple that didn't fit in the box at all. Really? So wow. Uh, those were those were big boys and girls, but right around that eight to twelve pound range. Right. Okay. That would still would be the average. Got it. And then, how about for coho this year? Where your your cohos of well, course the, are smaller. The, yeah. This was a great year for the ocean run coho as well. I can say the the June resident coho kind of started off a little slow, but it did it did turn on uh, as expected there towards towards the third quarter. Right. Uh, this year, the ocean runs were, I would say, if I had to if I had to kind of average it out, I would say the the quality was probably higher. Uh, the quantity was probably average. Oh, so we okay. didn't see we didn't see a a huge growth in the in the the quantity of fish, but the quality was better this year. And I would probably attribute that, like like I've told you before, that I'm not a fish biologist. Yeah. But I would I would have to attribute that to the ocean conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody said that the ocean conditions out there in, in the ocean were fantastic this year. A lot of food, a lot of bait, a lot of herring. And, you know, the fish are going to go to the grocery store. And when the conditions are great in the ocean, they stay out there like you would. If your refrigerator is full, you're going to stay out there to empty the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to come in and go to the next food source. And that's what happened with the cohos. They stayed out there a little bit later. Because it was really great out there, and then they moved, they migrated in with the feed, uh-huh. and the fish that we caught were extremely well fed. They were they were big boys and girls, fat, um, you know, wild fish, big hook nose on them, and a lot of the bait that I was pulling out of these guys uh, when they were coming in to Area Ten were big horse herring. So they had been eating really good when they were out there. Yeah. And so I would say probably the quantity probably would have been higher if the conditions weren't so good out there on the ocean, which probably, you know, they probably stayed out there a little bit longer. Right. Uh, but, but when they got in here, they were, they were, the quality was fantastic. Wow. What a great day. Uh, what a great year to go fishing, huh? It was great. Yeah. I mean, when, the thing about the coho is that, um, you know, when they make the corner around Whidbey Island there and they're heading south, or even if they're heading north, but the majority of them are heading south our way, they're not hanging in towards structure. They're out there in the middle in deep water. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking, we're fishing in, in water that's, you know, uh, you know, five to 700 feet deep. And these fish are hanging 
you know, earlier they're hanging on the service. In the afternoon, later on, they may be hanging 20 to 30 to 70 to 80 feet deep. Some of them, you know, maybe a little deeper than that. That's generally their their uh, area there. And they're just running up and down, schooling, heading north and south, heading east and west. And when you get into these guys, you hit a school of them, bam, 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 you get hit. And they're following, you know, the bait. They're attacking the bait. And when you get into them, it's pretty exciting. But oh, these yeah. guys this year were, were big hook nose, um, really fatty, real juicy, top, top quality fish. Wow. Wow. That, uh, that makes uh, for some happy fishermen. Doesn't and it? a positive thing this year, which I don't want to jinx myself for next year, but we didn't lose too many this year to, to the seals. Now, past couple of seasons has been a problem, especially towards the end there. When yeah. those seals figure stuff out. But this year, I think we only lost, uh, I, I think we lost more than two to seals this year. But wow. they were hitting so heavy that, you know, it, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Right, right. And how long did you fish in 2022? Uh, well, we, we, we fished uh, our coho all the way through the end of uh, November this year. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll be in the end of October. Yeah. Yeah, that's and then nice that, was, that was the course. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, so kind of projecting forward, um, there's some things that'll be a little bit different in 2023, won't there? Well, this year in 2023 is going to be the bonanza year. We're going to have the pink salmon. And they come in every other year on the odd number of years. Um, we don't know the forecast for the pinks yet. Uh, we'll know that pretty quick when we get our season setting process done. But every year for the pinks is a bonus. The right. pinks is a bonanza year. Uh, people ask me all the time, you know, when's the best time to go fishing? When's the best time to go fishing? I tell them two things. Number one, when the fish are biting, <laughs> and if you want to catch fish, the pink year is is the year that you want to go. Right. Uh, the the pink is a fantastic season because there's so many fish right the volume is so high and the commercial pressure on tanks is extremely low it's a supply and demand curve for the for for any species but the more abundance there are the less they're worth so generally with tanks a lot of a lot of the commercial guys don't go for them um and there's some factors there as far as you know commercial regulations and such, but uh, it just leaves so many more for the sportsmen. And what happens to those fish that don't get cast? They reproduce, and then the next cycle, there's even more. So the things is, is by far the, a bonanza for sportsmen. Wow. Wow. That sounds like uh, that'll be a fun summer for you. It should be fantastic. Uh, like I say, I don't know 100% what the forecast is going to be, uh, but uh, it's always great. And if it's the if it's the bonanza year, it's even better than great. And you know, like I say, we don't know yet, but we're gonna have everything else. The 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 coho, the Chinook and the Oshimoko and the pink. And when the pinks are coming in generally around that second week in August, that's just the beginning of the ocean run coho season. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have the pink and we're gonna have these big boys and girls coming in from the ocean. Ocean run coho, which generally, depending on the year, 
are about the size or about sometimes bigger than our summer kings, that's that's fantastic time to really? go. Wow. And don't knock those pinks because if you know what to do with them, mm-hmm. you know, you, you take care of those guys in a timely fashion. You get them iced down, you get them filleted, you get them on the grill first couple of days before you smoke them. That's fantastic table fat. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Wow. Gosh, this, uh, this, this sounds like a bumper year coming up. And so when, you know, when, when you have two species of salmon in the water at one time, is there a, is, is there a limit on the number, just the total number of salmon that someone can catch? Or do you have a limit on both species? Like you can get four pinks and, you know, two coho or something like that. There's always a, there's always a maximum limit. In okay. Washington, there's also a there's always a maximum daily catch limit. Now, in the past years, past cycles, up until these past two cycles for the pinks, the limit has been four pinks, total of four fish. So you could conceivably catch two coho and two pinks for a daily bag limit of four, mm-hmm. or one coho and three pinks for a daily bag limit of four. The past couple of cycles, the daily bag limit has been two. So okay. it could be a pink and a coho, two coho or two pinks, daily limit of two. Uh, in it. 2023, we just don't know yet. Right. So right. Uh, we're going to have our season setting process coming up here in the spring. It's called the North of Falcon process. And it's opened up uh, for, uh, for anybody that wants to take a look at it online uh, on WDFW.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we're involved in the, in the season process, uh, uh, process, setting season process, uh, our charter boat, uh, captains are. So, uh, but it's a little early to, to know what that's going to be yet. Right. Um, but for most people, a limited two is, you know, more than adequate, uh, especially if you're in town for vacation, but, uh, we'll know that a little bit sooner when we get to the process. Right. Right. And, and, you know, uh, Chris, in regards to, um, you know, in, in regards to all of this, um, the, you know, the, in, in the seasons, you know, coming and going in, in, or, or being, uh, monitored uh, on, on a, well, almost on a daily basis, isn't it? In Washington right now, there, there's a certain number of quota that once the quotas hit, then they may, you know, shut down a, um, a season, but didn't you say that the coho um, are are there's really no be- no limit on the number of coho, so they don't close those seasons down, um, you know, prematurely, right? Well, they the department can do whatever they will do whatever is best for the survivability of the species, right? What we really have this in season management program. Uh, what it generally is affecting is chinook salmon, and it it's focused on the winter Chinook fishery mm-hmm. and the summer Chinook fishery. Right. Uh, the Chinook is the driver for the season in Washington state. Yeah. There are some rivers that, that are, that have got, um, some, uh, some, some problems with returns, not all the rivers, but there is a few that do. So it drives the season setting process for, for the state because these, these fish mingle together. Got it. Uh, generally though, the the um, the resident coho sam- uh, salmon season is that is not 
uh, an issue with them or the ocean run coho and definitely not the things. It's more of a, a Chinook uh, issue right? Uh, during the um, uh, winter fishery and that summer Chinook. Got but like it. I say, in Area 10, our Chinook um, summer season, uh, they're generally we go through the end of August and never hit a quote on that. It's more of a area nine, uh, Southern Woodby Island area right. factor there, because that's where all the fish go. That's their salmon highway. They're, they're all coming in. They're funneling through that area and they really monitor the, uh, catch for them. Right. But right. through most of you just down though, we, we, we have generally a, a, a fantastic fishing opportunity through the whole summer. Oh, absolutely. So, so for those people that have never been to uh, your part of the world or out on Puget Sound, um, when you think about salmon fishing, a lot of people think about going in, you know, going out into the ocean, into the big waves and surf and that sort of thing. And that just isn't the case. Uh, fishing out of where you're at in uh, in the Seattle Edmonds area, it's very protected water, isn't it? Yeah, we're very fortunate here for a couple of couple of reasons. One, we've got the mountains and uh, we've got uh, Puget Sound here, which is protected, you know, by the Olympics and protected on both sides there. Now, don't get me wrong, it can get windy, but generally speaking, for the majority of the year, it's, it's generally very calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get our, our choppiness, we get our bad weather right about now. Right. We're going to get it now, December and January. And then it's going to calm down in February. And then in the summer, it's usually fantastic all summer long. You may get a windy day in there, here or there, but it's not, it's, it's nothing that you would be concerned about. Right. But in Puget Sound here, we've got, and fortunate to live here, I don't think there's any other place where, you know, from where you live or from your hotel room, you know, 15, 20 minutes, you can be out on Puget Sound, uh, you know, from wherever you're at, you know, 15 minutes to a half an hour, you can be in the city. Right. And an hour from wherever you're at, you can be out in the middle of nowhere, out <laughs> in the mountains. And <laughs> it's fantastic. And then we've got, you know, the city of Seattle, which right. is the epic, the, you know, one of the major tourist uh, attractions for, you know, the country, if not mm-hmm. the world. There's mm-hmm. tons of stuff to do there. Right. And one of them is fishing and being in the outdoors, you know, with me and my compadres. Right. It's a fantastic place to live. I'm very fortunate to be here. Absolutely. A- a- absolutely. Well, that is so cool, you know, because a lot of people are thinking, gosh, I, I don't know if I should, uh, you know, take Dramamine or I don't, I don't know if I should go out on a, on a stormy day, but you just don't have those where you're at, especially you well, know, you, fishing. You know, I always tell people, you, you're not going to need the Dramamine on Puget Sound. Mm-hmm. Now, I've had people get sick on our boats a few occasions and, you know, there's been occasions where it's been of their own creating. Right. And there's been <laughs> occasions where, you know, I've had, I've had a, well, I had, you know, one particular girl, she had like a little ear thing that, you know, that made her feel creepy. But um, I always tell people, go ahead and bring it, go ahead and take it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to hurt you. It's a psychological thing. It'll, you, you know, you're right. probably not going to need it, but go ahead and take it. There, there's probably a placebo effect to taking Dramamine or bringing that stuff with you. But I don't think you're going to need it out here. Right. It's pretty tough to get to get any sort of you know craziness on a flat day when you can see the land and seashore land. What really gets you 
that motion sickness is when you're out on the ocean, get these huge swells, there's no sight of land, and that's what gets you going. Now, I've never been seasick myself, um, but uh, I, in all the years that I've been doing it, I can count on a couple of fingers right where you know people have felt uncomfortable out there. Right, right. Oh, that's cool. So what what is a day like for, um, you know, somebody that books a trip um, with, uh, you know, uh, Captain Chris and what kind of boat do you have and, and what should they kind of plan for when they come, uh, uh, come out fishing with you? Well, uh, we're 28 foot, uh, 11 foot wide boats. Wow, um, nice. and we've got, uh, nice luxurious cabins to get out of the, out of the weather, uh, on a cold day, you've got a nice warm cabin to get into on a hot day. You've got a nice cool cabin to get into, um, plenty of fishing space i've uh, got a real bathroom real toilet uh real sink so you know no porta potties the ladies will like that heck i like that myself mm-hmm. um so all you really need to do is uh you know dress accordingly check the weather the, the night before uh or the morning before if it's an afternoon and just dress accordingly whatever you feel comfortable wearing uh we have very moderate summers here and very moderate weather year round. So the winters are not, you know, particularly chilly. The summers are very moderate. We very rarely get the, the really hot, you know, 90 plus degree temperature. Uh, I tell everybody just bring whatever you want to eat or drink, dress accordingly, wear soft sole shoes. You know, you, you need to bring your sunscreen, your hat, your sunglasses, your camera. There's a lot to see out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got our resident uh, orca killer whales here. We've got gray whales that come in frequently. Uh, we've got the uh, the um, uh, humpback whales that are starting to come in. Uh, they generally come in around the end of June. Right. So we never used to see those, but we're seeing those uh, more frequently. And a lot of other stuff to see bald eagles, a lot of sea life. And then, of course, there's the excitement of, you know, having a hot fish on the line and getting in the net. Um, and then, you know, when you're done fishing, you know, we've got beautiful restaurants here in Edmonds, lots to do. We've got the old Bill Town, which is a destination all to itself. You can spend a whole day in Edmonds just on itself. So mm-hmm. lots to see there. Wow. Wow. That, that, that is cool. That is cool. And, and, you know, the opportunity to catch, um, you know, the, the, inf- uh, you know, the, 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 the famous uh, uh, salmon in Puget Sound and, and that in itself, I mean, it isn't like you just hook a fish and, and, uh, you re- and it rolls over and, and uh, it plays dead and you get it in a net. I mean, there's work to do there, isn't there? I mean, it's fun to fight. Oh, they're, and- fighting for, they're fighting for your life. I mean, Ted, if you had a, if you had a, you know, three or four odd hook in your mouth, <laughs> you wouldn't come in easy. No, I wouldn't. You'd be fighting for your life. <laughs> so true. So true. At, uh, and the and the kings they'll take you to the bottom and the and the coho they're kind of aerialists aren't they I mean they jump and, and yeah and after all that after all that you know you're not just catching some you know something that you you want to throw back you're catching a you know not only a trophy that's you know experience of a lifetime for yourself but it's just one of the one of the most fantastic uh, tasting. Um, uh, dinners you're going to have is right. Puget Sound salmon, right? Be it king coho or pink. I mean, they they taste fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things our, our listeners should uh, take advantage of is that you're actually a professionally trained chef. And so not only can you teach them how to catch a fish, but uh, you can talk with them uh, after they get the fish on board and uh, about how to prepare it and, and how to cook it in a way that, uh, you know, it keeps its, its, its flavor and, 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 and just, you know, the uh, ambiance of, uh, of, of, of the fish itself. And, you know, that, uh, that, that's a bonus all on its own. Absolutely. I'm not going to cook it for you, but I will definitely, <laughs> definitely tell you what to do it. And uh, lots of recipes up on the website. Yeah. And then you have a, you have a market or something up the street from you where the fish can be cleaned and packed and iced and shipped. And, and, uh, that's a real convenience, isn't it? For people that are here on vacation and, and, uh, you know, are looking to get their fish home. Yeah, for sure. I, I clean all the fish on the boat. Oh, you do. Okay. And we'll bag them up for you. Mm-hmm. And, um, I recommend that. And when we, when we talk the night before, you know, before the trip, I'll, I'll remind people to bring some extra ice because ice generally, you know, it goes quick. I mean, I can bring pounds of ice, but, you know, by the end of the day, you know, we're going to need more. So I always remind people to bring some extra ice. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to ice them up after they're clean. We're going to toss them off to you, you know, give you links to all the recipes you might want, you know, on BigKingSamateurs.com. Mm-hmm. Pull them up there. Feel free to call me too. You know, my God, uh, if the pan's too hot and you don't know what to do, I get calls all the time. Oh, what should I do? <laughs> so don't, don't be afraid to call me. Right. Just up the street on your way out is a fantastic fish market, and it's on my website. It's called Kuzmos. There's a link to it right there. And this is a authentic Japanese market. They've got everything. It's world class. They've got everything you could ever imagine, anything seafood there. But what they do for me, is you can take your ketchup there. And if you're from Dallas and you want it back in Dallas, you know, day after tomorrow mm-hmm. or whatever, they can pack all that up and get it right to you. They've got everything there. Um, you want it anywhere in the country, they can send it. Right. Now, uh, they've got all the packing material. And uh, it's a professional operation. I send a lot of folks there. Um and uh, everybody's been happy. Oh, that's great. Plus, I would imagine if you wanted some of the other uh, seafood delicacies that um, are uh, native to that area, they probably have some of those they can put in a, a, a you know, in a, in a box with your, with your salmon, of course, for free. And uh, you can take a little bit more of the, the delicacies home with you. Well, we're over there at least once a week mm-hmm. for clams and mussels. But oh, yeah. I mean, when you pass the pokey section, all the fixings are there, and the tuna there. One of my favorite things to do here at the ranch all the time is we do uh, ahi pokey. I do that maybe every 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 couple of weeks. I'll do a nice batch of ahi pokey. Oh, and that is so good, and it's absolutely delicious. Well, very good, very good. Well, Chris. I want to thank you so much for taking out uh, uh, your time during these holiday seasons. I know that you're traveling and enjoying yourself, but uh, sneaking away and giving us a little bit of your time has been our pleasure, and we really appreciate that. How do people get a hold of you if they want to talk with you about the upcoming season and, and book a trip? 
Well, they can hop on to bigkingsalmoncharters.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can give us a call at 425-776-7688, and we'll get right back with you, and we'll get you on the books here for a fantastic 2023. It's going to be hot. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, man, thank you again. You're a, 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 you're, you're just a wealth of information. Very good friend. I appreciate all your time, and I wish you absolutely the best 2023 uh, season ever and uh, tight lines, my friend. Wish you guys all the best too, and happy holidays, everybody. Be safe out there, and uh, we'll see you next year. There you go. Thanks again, Chris.